This is Dylan DeAndre from Listen Closely Podcast, and you're listening to SFC Radio. This is the coolest thing I've ever heard in my life. Hello, and welcome to Listen Closely Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dylan, and this is... Mia. Mia, yes. Uh, welcome, <laughs> welcome, Mia, um, and welcome to all the new listeners um, tuning into our podcast. So, the idea came from just observing how music is consumed in this day and age. Um, I think we all are aware about how much social media has impacted our lives on a general basis. Um, but I kind of focused along with Mia about how social media kind of introduced the world to so many different cultures through just everyone tuning in to TikTok or seeing what's trending on Twitter or following celebrities and different artists on social media platforms like Instagram and Facebook. But when speaking about music, I think a lot of music is left behind and almost in a way where it's like rushed. Like when I think of TikTok, it's something where you'll be scrolling through TikTok and you'll hear a song. You'll be like, oh, that sounds super cool. But then you kind of don't even get the name of the song and you kind of, and you just continue on through your day. Like you just go through all this music and you really don't hear what you're like listening to. So that's kind of the reason why we came up with this idea of listening closely. And as Dylan said, Nowadays, I think music is not that appreciated as it used to be before. And that was actually one of the reasons that we wanted to start this podcast. Because Dylan and I, we have, we are musicians ourselves. And when we listen, when we hear a music, we're, we don't just tune in, you know, we really listen and we want not only like challenge ourselves, but also our listeners to listen and analyze everything about music by listening closely. And in today's episode, we would like to talk about the new album, actually, by new South Korean girl group, Blackpink, which became a huge global phenomenon with their mixed genre hits within few years and also um it's worth noting um that about resurgence of edm and trap music in our modern pop music yeah and i think i i feel like even though i don't find myself keeping up with all the latest music uh in this day and age um and i've kind of found myself as i've grown up it's hard to keep up with all the music um thinking back when to like high school mm-hmm. where yeah you know, every every like month there'd be like so much new music to listen to yeah. and you're always finding something new i think at this age it's like i've heard so much music that i've already kind of become i've become comfortable with like ex- like what music like i really like um and things like that but i think it it is definitely worth noting that um there is a resurgence of EDM, the sound of yeah. EDM, you know, that festival sort of music uh, we hear at like Ultra or, you know, different huge festivals like uh, Coachella. And of yeah. course, like the 
the genre of hip-hop music and how trap has kind of leaked into different genres like pop and R&B. Um, and Blackpink, I think, was a group that was one of those groups that I didn't really know of, but their music was something that I found very familiar. And so, yeah, and Mia, you know, she's the one that introduced me to uh, Blackpink and doing the research. I really was going in um, blind, basically. But I think after listening to their music and especially this album, like Lily called the album, um, I definitely have a lot to say about their style and like what I think they're doing as far as impact yeah. to today's music. So, I mean, it is crazy. Yeah. yeah, like Mia, like let's let's get into it. So, yeah. I myself actually um, came across to this group um, last year in 2019. I'm a huge fan of Coachella and I saw their performance for the first time. And it was actually the first time I kind of discovered this girl group. And I, I'm like, honestly, I, am, I wasn't the huge biggest fan of K-pop. Mm -hmm. I honestly never listened to any uh, music of that sort. But yeah, I think this group, they really caught my attention, not with their like unique music, but the way how they present themselves as an artist and their shows are just mind blowing. And so let's just get into this group. I just want to like introduce some like known facts about them. So basically Black being consisting of four members were formed and debuted um, in August 2016. And they actually became an instant sensation with their uh, number one hits, Whistle and Bumbaya. So far, um, they are known to be the best charting Korean female act ever. And what's interesting part is that they don't have any specific genre. They just have this mix of hip-hop, trap, EDM and our traditional idea of pop, you know? And it's really interesting to listen. As of yesterday, like uh, Blackpink made a history with number two debut on US Billboard album chart with their new re newly released album, the album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the album. <laughs> <laughs> and when you look into the all four members, they are very skilled vocalists, but each of them actually have a certain role within the group. Let's say if two of the group members, they mainly perform higher pitched harmonies and the other two members of the group, they are mostly um, famous for being excellent rappers. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting is this group has such a huge loyal fan base, not only in South Korea, but around the globe. And especially mm -hmm. in US, um, starting 2018, they have such a huge fan base. And actually, like, I loved how they refer to their fans. Like, they call their fans blinks. So it's like you blink and fall in love with them. Like, I found it to be so lovely um, and cute, honestly. And... Actually, when they performed at Coachella, they were the first K-pop group to play at Coachella. And their view since then was viewed 1 billion times on YouTube, which, which I find to be crazy. No, that's it. It's like, you know, a billion views on YouTube isn't like honestly the most 
like out of the world thing because it's done so many times. But yeah. I mean, like for them to be the first K-pop group to reach a million, a mm-hmm. uh, one billion views on YouTube, and I mean, there's not like a billion people in Korea, so it's like, um, where are those billion views coming from? Um, and so yeah, yeah, and we we mentioned K-pop so many times, um, but like. Let's like kind of get into like what K-pop is. I mean, my like myself, I'm not. I can't say that I'm the biggest K-pop fan. Um, I really haven't listened to so much K-pop mm-hmm. outside of maybe hearing like a couple BTS songs like on the radio, um, or even just like listening to Blackpink for this episode. Yeah. Um, but I think in speaking in the general terms, mm-hmm. uh, K-pop essentially is a music genre which originated in south korea um and the main characteristic is just having so many different uh elements to the music to like the style of the groups to the performance um the choreography um as me i kind of attested to with you know coachella and blackpink being the first k-pop group to perform at coachella um and i think i think that's just a part of the culture that's found in places in Asia, like Korea or Japan. Um, and I think that's something that not only people that live in those regions in Asia, it's something, again, like that's reached globally. Just And it's not even on the basis of the music at this point. It's something, again, like speaking to like the billion views on YouTube. It's the style. It's the choreography. It's like the, you know, the true personality of these uh you know these korean you know artists that you know everyone starts to really recognize at one point or another because their music is just making so many different um finding their way into the mainstream in whichever way they can what's also like interesting uh thing i um found about k-pop is that um you know like most of their artists are in groups right they have like Mm -hmm. huge um love for groups and each member of those groups are for a particular reason you know they are they might be all like musicians artists like vocalists but um not only the music but they also have this personality let's say one member is considered to be the most attractive one and one of them is this badass like rapper you know and one of them is like a a good guy like and I found it mm-hmm. so interesting. Yeah, yeah. Each member have uh you know their own fan base, which I found even more <laughs> crazier. Like the more you go into this K-pop, the more crazy facts you found about them, and it's totally new world. Like if you com- compare with the U.S. artists, it's it's something really different. Yeah, I mean, BTS. I mean, they're they're a group that. You know, I actually found out about them through, like, another person, through one, like, my cousin, she's a huge BTS fan, and, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what I'm saying, like, you know, I didn't even, like, go to the lengths to, like, find um, these artists, like, Blackpink or BTS, but it's definitely evident that people are seeing and really getting, uh, you know, some sort of impact from this music and again like like as we're talking about it's not only the music at this point 
it goes to show how like they're diff they're different characteristics of just like work ethic you know talent charisma and just like their unique unique performances whether that's literally in like the music or again like what people find on youtube and like coachella um it's like it's something that's the archetype of the successful artist to have that like work ethic to have like that charisma within their group if they're in a group like whether they're like an individual or like um again like a part of a group yeah that's that's something that's not just found in like k-pop that's that's the architecture of like an artist that will become you know successful in this day and age at this point and actually like it's interesting that you you've mentioned about their work ethic and charisma like if you uh if you go and watch interviews with um these groups right they they for example bts there was an interview where they mentioned that for their choreography um their instructor literally put weights around their feet mm. like um 10 pounds on each feet and they were doing their um oh my god i forgot that word they were doing their um practice with those weights so yeah. when they take them off the movement would be like natural and really easy and and they have this crazy uh long hours of practice where they dance like starting from 8 a.m till 11 p.m in at night and yeah wow wow i think it's like something like probably like beyonce does that <laughs> thing only like because because uh, I never saw any other artists who would, you know, go to that extent to perfect their skills. And that's not surprising why they became, a, a, actually, they became uh, such a global phenomena. Because, mm -hmm. you know, like, BTS is one of the first K-pop groups who became successful with sold-out shows in the U.S., right? Right. And But compared to Blackpink, nowadays they're, like, second biggest K-pop group. But even then, um, Blackpink, they have more advantage than BTS. Like, the simplest thing is, let's say, three of the four members of Blackpink are fluent in English. So they are, come, they, they pro they are um, themselves, like, from th Thailand and J Japan and Korea, but they were raised in Australia or New Zealand, so they are really fluent and they have this mm, advantage... Yeah to communicate to their fans directly, you know, while, whereas BTS, there is only one member who speaks English and most of their songs are in Korean, right? Right, And right. I think there was like a article somewhere, critics were comparing success of Blackpink to Beatles. Mm. Yeah, uh, Beatles of nowadays, because, for example, in 2019, last year, right? their song kill this love reached number 24 in the u.s billboard and yeah it's amazing no i mean i think i think it's definitely worth like starting that discussion of like again like the beatles like we can we can have like a whole episode talking about what the beatles have done for yeah not even just like rock music but just you know music in general and kind of mm -hmm the the culture surrounding just like this really predominant power not not necessarily power but this talent that you really can't help 
but like notice um in popular music um and that like extends to any genre but i think again it's worth if it's worth mentioning that blackpink are getting that sort of title attached to them like they're they're almost like today's beatles and exactly you know they have the numbers to back it up and definitely with Mm -hmm. this album like the album I mean, I just, I just love saying like the album, like this album called the album. Um, They're so simple, right? Like no, yeah, like the album. <laughs> like it's, it's. I think it's just a part of the personality. Like yeah, and like we'll get into it in a second. But their music is just so confident, and they're really not afraid to share. And they've been making music since 2017, 2018. Um, and I think their their first album that they released was more so closer to 2018 um so i think you know we're in 2020 and they just have this new album out and we'll go into it but i think it's very it's very clear that they have a style that they believe in and that they're confident in and i would say that's something that's the that's something that the beatles kind of got to at some point in their careers Mm -hmm. i mean not comparing not literally comparing Blackpink to the Beatles, Beatles but, but I think yeah, yeah, like they they had to go through that sort of process of getting comfortable with their style, mm-hmm. and it's super clear um, in their music because they for sure have this unique style. Do you agree with me? Like, um, yeah, like absolutely, yeah. Like, they if if they like, if you like watch their live performance, they they are. Um, shows are so well um it's like they're very in sync like it's yeah, it's super it's, clear that they practice like a countless hours they they know like it's they know what to, to perfection do. like yeah, you yeah. know like they it's everything is on, on point and and what i love about blackpink is that they have their own unique sexy uh way of performing right because like yeah. yeah if you if you see like um, artists in America, right? They they sell themselves. They sell like sex differently, and yeah, there is like it's it's really how to say like hold back version. Like it's more traditional, and I think that's really interesting. And like let's say like if you, um, I really love watching their performances because when you see them. I mean, you don't feel bad to show them actually to children, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's it's so like uh, I I mean, pure and beautiful. Like it's really something that you would introduce to a child and say, "Oh, you see this group," and mm-hmm. and and that's actually crazy. Like most of the fans in US are teenagers. Yeah. Prepubescent because like nowadays kids they spend most of their times where on TikTok or YouTube, yeah, Yeah. right. And so, I wanted to actually ask you about their new the album, right? Like, Mm -hmm. what do what do you think is the most amazing about that album? What makes it so popular? Yeah, I I think getting into the album, I. I don't. I can't say that I have any. I didn't have any sort of specific expectations for the album. Um, I was definitely just going in blind, and it it was just something where I wasn't. I didn't expect anything in particular, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I will say, when you when you first like pull up the album wherever you're gonna listen to it, it's it's eight songs and mm-hmm. it's only twenty four minutes long. Mm-hmm. So, and again, like I don't know how many people are listening to full albums nowadays. Um, and that's kind of what we were getting at. Yeah, you know? it's like you you wouldn't really. I feel like their music you it's not built to be presented in an album form Mm -hmm. like you know definitely there's there's songs that are going to show up on tiktok they're gonna show up um, on tv and commercials maybe Mm -hmm. um and definitely just like on instagram um and like whether that's like ads or just people putting sharing like different uh singles from the album so i think yeah going into this album again i didn't even know what their music sounded like but getting into the first track, which is called uh, How You Like That, um, you know, I was in- I literally instantly blown away mm-hmm. because of just, you know, it begins off with this kind of like soothing tone. You know, it's very, it gets right into the song, mm-hmm. but you can definitely start to feel like they have that sassy confidence to them. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I don't remember which of the um, artists, art- which of the members in the group says it first, but they say black pink in your area. Like yeah, yeah. once I heard that, I'm like, okay, okay. they're like, get, they're getting ready to like start this album. Yeah. Yeah. You know, on like a good note, Um, you know, hearing that first song, it, you can instantly pick up familiar sounds. Like I know mm-hmm. in the U S there was, there was an era where EDM was like, you know one of the more popular genres yeah and like now we're getting into the trap era Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. the 2010s you know and where we are today 2020 and so i think literally that fact in itself that we're in 2020 and we're now hearing a mixture of those two elements Mm -hmm. it's something that's so familiar but also completely new and it's like you know know, both of them are so loud by many people like you know you won't miss yeah this genre Yeah, and what's even more interesting is that the song features a drop. I I don't know if everyone listening has kind of had that phase where they listen to, like, EDM or, like, dubstep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, those songs, they have that drop. Mm -hmm. And Blackpink, they added a drop to this song, and it's super how you like... You know, like, they have that super sassy, confident sound, and... You know, you start if you start the album off like that, you're instantly blown away, and that's something that I can definitely say happened to me. Yeah, and uh, like, and I really love, for example, their first song on the album, right? How you like that? Mm-hmm. As you said, they start like start off, you know, um, quickly like presenting their style, right? You said that they're like sassy. You can find, yeah. you can, you can realize from the first 10 seconds that they are like badass, right? And then right. the part when <laughs> their chorus comes in, you can, you can actually see that the tension is kind of like building up and boom, it just blows, I don't know, like into many, many million stars. And yeah. I loved it so much. Like it is beautiful. No, and what else I can say? Yeah, like it, you can, you can like go on about different things. Like even the style of their uh, singing performance. There's portions um, that are super like soothing, and there's portions that they they go off key and like they have fun with it, and like they kind of add that sass to it. Um, mm-hmm. 
And like you again, you can instantly catch their style right away. And another thing too that's worth mentioning is that the drop, even though it's very, you know, hard hitting and I would say almost like harsh for some listeners, mm-hmm. it's something that you can easily, you know, get into. Like myself, I feel like I've kind of at first I didn't I when I started listening to music, like listening to music I started off with, like, you know, like EDM, uh, electronic music, house music, things like that. And then I got into like hip hop. And then at, like, at this age, um, in 2020, like I've kind of found my love for like hip hop, um, mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. that trap, that trap sound. And that's, that's something that I've kind of, I've, I've gotten an ear for after a while. And I think like different people that follow, whether it's trap only or like EDM mm-hmm. only, or maybe even just like dubstep only yeah which is actually pretty rare that like there's people yeah, that yeah, really yeah. like you know we don't really hear that so, sort of music anymore like that dubstep that festival edm yeah dubstep like, is kind of like for their own yeah. i don't know like a col- culture <laughs> yeah like they like small you know, minor the, minority yeah like these genres they've had their time where they had you know mainstream success but i think this song kind of it it surrounds all of that. It surrounds elements of trap. They definitely had that trap sound, whether it's through like just like the loud bass or like the super like snappy hi hats. Um, and mm-hmm. then they have like the EDM, the synth chords, and the different uh, melodies that's added in and out. And then they have the drop, which kind of adds in that little dubstep touch. So mm-hmm. it's like I feel like anyone. And then I, I can be a, a, a testament to that. Like anyone that really follows these genres can listen to this first song and be like, okay, mm-hmm. this album is definitely something I'm going to like, you know, like, let me keep this on for a little bit longer, you know? Yeah. But also, um, what do you think about their, um, I mean, song that they collabed for this album with Carly B? Yeah. That you and- want to? Yeah, they like, they they collaborated with Cardi B on this album too. I I didn't mention that, and they also collaborated <laughs> with uh they collaborated with Selena Gomez, um, yeah. and, was, and that was actually one of the singles that came out. Um, mm-hmm. and it's also the second track on the album. Um, yeah. I like that song a lot, and actually, it's a fun fact. Ariana Grande also has some writing credits on that song, so it's like that's crazy, right? You can you can yeah, like you can see that there's there's backing from these you know these mainstream artists like selena gomez ariana grande and and cardi b as we're gonna get into um behind them so they people already know that they're a big force in the mainstream right now but you know yeah like i want to talk about the song bet you wanna featuring cardi b mm-hmm. um and i want to start off with mentioning just the nature of the song it actually starts off very nice. Like, it's a very nice mm-hmm, guitar. Mm-hmm. It starts off very nice with, like, a guitar riff. Um, you know, and Cardi B comes in. Like, Cardi B, you know, <laughs> like, she does her <laughs> thing. Um, and they, they get into the song, and it's actually more upbeat. Because mm-hmm. How You Like That, it, it was more of a hard-hitting, kind of like mm-hmm. a slow, slow pace. You know, something, like, you can, like, like, bang your head to. Like, you know, again, like, that festival, like, trap. You know, that sort of music. But then this song with Cardi B, it's super upbeat and you kinda wanna you kinda wanna dance to it. 
Um, and I think Blackpink, they, again, they show how versatile they are with their just singing performance and their chemistry between each other. Um, and those are the good things I have to say about this song. Um, I feel like also yeah. this song is like collaboration of a bad and good girl. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, know. that's, like, that's also interesting the, to talk about too. Yeah. Yeah. Cardi B's character is just, um, I don't know. And I also like um, loved when you said, when we had like previous our conversations, right? Like how you said that it's very interesting, kind of like doesn't fit, doesn't fit. Like, you know, in a yeah. traditional sense, they don't fit right with each other but um the music came out i think interesting but honestly mm-hmm. it's not like one of my favorite songs out of the whole album yeah but it's one of the most like how to say different outstanding out of all songs from the album i think yeah and i i would i would agree with you in the fa- in in the point that it really isn't one of my favorite songs Although this, I can definitely see this song be one, being one of the more popular songs of this album. Yeah, because of Cardi. <laughs> Cardi B, you know, and like she, she has like, she has an interesting verse on this song, I will say. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But in my opinion, I feel like Cardi B could have been either maybe served a different role in this, in this song. Like maybe if she got on like the chorus a little bit. Or there was like a super cool bridge, but you know she kind of has this verse that like makes its way into the song, and she does her thing. Um, you know her her style of just yeah. like rapping, which again mm-hmm. I I think Cardi B has has shown how you know hip hop can consist of different style of like rapping and different you know she has her own personality she has her own rapping not even only as just like a female artist but just like an artist that's within the genre of hip-hop she definitely has that sort of characteristic and that personality that i definitely respect her for but she she really could have been left off the song and i i wouldn't have minded it i really wouldn't have minded it um but again, this is this is a great example of how versatile Blackpink is, and I feel like yeah. we don't want to spoil the album too much because I think everyone should like listening. Go and listen. Go listen to this album. It's only twenty four minutes. It's eight songs. You can honestly put it on shuffle because I mean every song kind of has its own little taste of who they are, um, and I think the the title of the album is so fitting because mm-hmm. it's almost like not an album it's like it's a collection of their music but it's presented in an album so it's like like here's like blackpink here's like who we are i can also say that people should listen to this album while they are like working out oh yeah absolutely. in the morning <laughs> like 30 minutes of cardio you can pretty much easily when you know go with this album because it's so upbringing and it's so fun like Mm. it's so positive like when you finish the album you feel like really happy for the rest of your day because it's like it's so much fun and i think it's like considering the fact that everyone is like you know at home right now with this whole pandemic situation you know it's really heart on everyone you know right. and i think people really need this sort of music 
to make themselves a little bit happier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but also, like, what interesting to me is that, like, when we speak about Blackpink and BTS, there are a lot of artists who does, you know, like, experimental music, mixing different genres who doesn't actually, like, fit well in a traditional sense again, right? But they blew up so much. And mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's interesting, like, why certain artists become so commercially successful while others, you know, do such a great job. They create amazing music, but not not like many people know about them. Right. Um, and I think... You know, again, I, I I started off the podcast talking about how social media has kind of taken away a lot from the listening experience of music. Um, mm-hmm. And I definitely stand by that. I definitely feel like we, as a generation, you know, we need to kind of go back and listen to some of these songs. Because, I mean, Blackpink is a an amazing, you know, group they're amazing artists and they make amazing music but i think behind that a lot of a lot of people kind of forget about what their music kind of talks about um even though it's super hard hitting and the instrumental can be really catchy Mm -hmm. there's they kind of hide different lyrics in there that exactly people can kind of resonate with um and I think that kind of leads me to saying that I feel like social media will do some of these underrated artists some favors down the road. Um, mm-hmm. Which, again, it points me to say that I think it will change. A lot of these underrated artists that we're seeing now, and we're going to get into one in a second. Um, yeah. I think and- they're going to they're gonna start gaining that, that commercial success. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think we are in the verge of huge um, changes. I think after the emerge of um, South Korean groups in the US scene, I think many things will start changing because I feel it coming. Like Because people who never heard about K-pop, they love these groups. Although, like, they don't understand much of what they are, like, talking about in uh-huh. the music. But they love what they are doing. And and also, like, coming back to the underrated artists, um, Dylan also introduced me to this amazing artist. Um, her name is Rina Sabayama. She is Japanese-born British singer, songwriter, and, and model. Um, while she was studying in college... Um, in Magdalene College of the University of Cambridge, she became this part of hip-hop group that um, influenced her to write her own music, right? And mm-hmm. and if I'm not mistaken, she came up with her solo debut in 2013, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, 2013, yeah. around that time. Um, yeah. And that's and like, that's a, that's a long time ago. I mean, we're in 2020. Yeah, it's like, that's exactly, actually seven right? years, yeah. And... I went and I checked out her like YouTube channel with her, um, you know, like videos. I-, I think I'm like, like, cause you know, like younger generation, Gen Zers, they don't actually watch music videos anymore. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think 
I think since I was born in the like you know in, in between millennials and Gen Zs, I still go back and watch videos. Like I'm a visual person, and I, and I really need to see you know to understand better. So I was blown away with her videos because they are so unique. They are so on point and so interesting to watch. And all of them have some kind of like deeper message behind it. It's so amazing. No, yeah, it's I think you really said it well. Um, She is an artist that I mean, just her story. She is kind of she represents what it means to be an underrated underground artist exactly like she went to the university of cambridge and i mean like let's talk about that i mean cambridge is one of the more prestigious universities in the world you Mm -hmm. know you really have to be smart to go there um from there she joined a hip-hop group and you know made her debut in 2013 but i mean again we're in 2020 um, and she actually released her latest album, just titled Saiwayama in all caps, um, in April mm-hmm. 2020. So, I mean, she she had been making music for such a long time. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about her now still in an underrated light, which is very... It's a, it's a predicament because, like Mia said, she she has a creativity that they you can match that to the energy Mm -hmm. of blackpink you can match that to bts but it's something that hasn't made that sort of mainstream emergence but as we'll get into i feel like that's something that's actually done her a lot of favors um and one thing i wanted to say before i get into one of the tracks that we're gonna highlight from her recent album sawayama she did an article or did did an interview with vogue and our uh, Vogue had that article posted um, on their website. Um, and this is from 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and they say here, quote, Admitting she finds it very hard to write about generic love. She embeds mm-hmm. her, nos- her nostalgia-laced songs with 21st century social, political in- imperatives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and those things are internet addiction, pansexuality, and how Asian culture has a pro has been appropriated by the mainstream. Yeah. And so, I mean, even just like looking at that, she she is I mean, in the same way that Blackpink is confident in like their maybe even their own sexuality and their own um confidence as artists, she, Rina Sawayama, she is confident in these things that really are impactful to her you know mm-hmm. internet culture you know yeah her own sexuality and asian culture and yeah. how she she's vocal about how asian culture is actually kind of you know appropriated through the mainstream and the result that she is still like kind of an underrated artist within that sort of you know culture of asian culture that we talk about with mm-hmm. bts mm-hmm. and blackpink yeah, you said it really well, because um, as I I am from Central Asia myself, right? And when I came to like, cause you know, like when you, growing up there, you have certain idea about your traditions, about your culture, right? But when I came to America, I found myself 
um, kind of appropriated as well because my culture and my tradition um, defined as oppression in the Western culture. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. And it's like whatever you do is like you always judged. Although it, it doesn't like, you know, not every people does that, but in the mainstream, yeah. Right. And I mean, that that in itself is, again, it's, it's something that I think Rina Sawayama, she makes... She makes music that I think impacts people mm-hmm. that kind of feel that exact same way. She and, yeah. and these topics are intertwined into her music, um, and it's something that she's totally confident in and stands by pretty firmly. Um, whether mm-hmm. that's in her own music or again just like vo- being vocal in like interviews and stuff like that. Um, so and and with that said, I think let I think I want to get into her her album and mm-hmm. one of the songs that I picked out from her album. Um, and so this song is the third track from her latest project, Sawayama. Mm-hmm. And it's titled STFU with an exclamation point. And it's I loud. mean, yeah, you, you guys can, I'm pretty sure some of you know what that means. Um, yeah. And so like even looking at that and, you know, looking at the track list, um, not every song has all caps like Blackpink. Um, just talking about like sequencing and just present, present, uh, like the presentation of the album. Like this song, like when you look at the track list, it's like, whoa, like what's this? Um, mm-hmm. and when you get into the song, it's a whole vibe that's created. It, mm-hmm. The song starts off with like, a heavy guitar. It's almost yeah, like a it's rock like a guitar. Punk rock. Yeah, kinda, it's super yeah. grungy, super industrial, almost ex- it's it's not too experimental, but it's it's definitely experimental in its nature where it's you just hear this loud, you know, this loud guitar really almost like piercing to your ears. Yeah, um, it's usually, you know, also traditionally um like people like in a music of that genre like you know it builds up and usually those kind of instruments are used in the chorus right yeah yeah whereas here she starts like right off from the beginning with those guitar parts i it was interesting to listen honestly yeah and that in itself caught my attention right away um i listened to this album you know prior to this podcast and doing the research for this podcast um, and listening to it again, it reminded me of her. Per- again, that's that's that instant sensation of this. This artist has a personality. And what was really interesting is that it kind of reminded me of like a, a nostalgic sound, you know, mm-hmm. that it was almost like a, the, the guitar was super loud, kind of like. You know, super grungy Nirvana, Radiohead, Green yeah. Day sort of sounding music. But then when she comes in with the first uh, few lyrics of the song and she's saying things like silence, finally in my head, uh, but it's too late, you already left. Mm-hmm, you're preaching mm-hmm. even though I'm dead. Yeah. You're like the first time under my pride. Like It's, these it's really, really like, deep. <laughs> it's super deep, um, super deep lyrics. You know, coupled with this really almost scary guitar, 
mm-hmm. but the way she sings is almost elegant but super passive aggressive so this the whole song is kind of creating a vibe mm-hmm. that is very again it's confident it's sassy but it's also very almost aggressive and angry to an yeah. extent but when it comes to the chorus that's when like every change everything just changes when it comes to the chorus yeah where she repeats you know and this this is a podcast this is going to be on sfc radio so i'm not going to repeat the chorus but I, again i'm definitely urging anyone listening to go check out this song rina sawayama um her latest album this song is the third track she repeats the the title stfu uh, like a couple times but this time it's it's underneath a bed of just beautiful acoustic guitar riffs and it's really it's it's almost like i can't i can't think of any other word than just like really pretty and beautiful yeah how she she's able to have these like super aggressive lyrics and then the chorus comes in and it's super peaceful mm-hmm. but she's literally still being super aggressive and confident in this whole idea of having people like say like hey like once in a while have you ever thought of just like being quiet yeah um, yeah it's like passive aggressive on yeah new level and the actually what, what's interesting is that like chorus part is like her her um performance her like singing like like vocal techniques the added editing right um right a lot like reminds me lana del rey like Oh yeah. It's interesting. Definitely. I was like, "Oh, is it like Lana Del Rey? <laughs> like if the person listens to this song without knowing who is the artist, they might think that some like badass rock group, yeah. you know, collaborated with Lana Del Rey." Yeah, exactly. And exactly. It's interesting. Yeah, and again, like there's like we we showed it with Blackpink, like their first song kind of gave listeners an idea of their style right away this song is almost like the same thing for me with rina sawayama in my opinion because it it has that experimental sound with the guitar it has those really confident aggressive lyrics throughout the first first and second verse and the chorus but then it also has that sort of sassy elegantness or elegance, excuse me, um, to <laughs> to the song in the in the chorus again. So this is an artist that kind of mirrors what Blackpink is doing in this day and age. And mm-hmm. I mean, these are these are two albums that have been have came out recently. Yeah. Um, her album came out in April 2020. Um, mm-hmm. and we're and we're creating these parallels between her and Blackpink. But it's two different worlds where Blackpink is in the mainstream and they have their own sort of confidence and style. Whilst Rina Sawayama, she she has her own style in a way where she really doesn't need that mainstream backing her, but also just being super industri- like experimental, mm-hmm. keeping that industrial sounds and breaking those boundaries in between genres, you know, she actually if you i don't want again i don't want to spoil the album too much yeah but she there's edm 
there's EDM energy present. There's exactly, rock energy yeah. present. There's trap elements. It's all there. It, it's. It, I agree with you. Like I think, uh, people who are listening to us right now definitely have to go and check out this album because definitely. it's a must. And it's for me, it was really life changing experience, and it's really opened up my eyes um, to a new world, you know. And I really love that sort of music, which are like books, you know. Like after reading every book, it changes your personality, your oh, yeah, yeah. mindset completely, right? Absolutely. And and I feel like artists like um, Savayama, she she has that power, she has that ability, and. Also, you know, like from her um, interview from with Genius, I just want to like quote what she said. Like uh, she stated that I wanted to wake people up a little bit. Uh, it's really fun to play with people's emotions, but it fundamentally the core of a song again is pop. Then people get it, and a lot of people did hear. I was relieved. Like it's it's so yeah. beautiful. Like when when. Even like, you know, like you can understand that she's there to do great things for people with her music. Because if you compare uh, with Blackpink, whereas they are there only for music, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Rima, Rina Savayama, she is, she is trying to change the world. She's touching base on really important so- socio-political issues with her music. She is kind of like trying to wake people up, like you know, to finally realize what's going on. Yeah, and yeah, this so- this song it literally you know does that. It's yes. telling it's saying pe- telling people like instead of being so loud why not try being quiet for and listen once, you know, right really stfu you know exclamation point yeah. like all these things she's very literal about that which again it adds to her personality and her confidence which is you know like st- striking to me like because you know uh people used to uh listen to music for entertainment purposes right like not many people really listen to music right and i think coming back to underrated artists right i think because she's touching base on so many important stuff right not many people are ready to face that you know i think that's why Uh For people, it's easier to avoid a conversation, you know, the hard truths. You know what I mean? For people, it's yeah. easier just to distract themselves with other easier, uh, happier things instead of dealing with the issues that are present in our society, you know? And she's that artist who's s- saying, like, listen, like, just shut up, please. Just listen, yeah. shut up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, and that's that's kind of what we're kind of yeah we're getting at that you know we're talking about rina sawayama in the light that she's underrated um but we're drawing parallels to how it's compared to black pink and i think that leads me to just kind of come to the conclusion that rina sawayama she she thrives being she thrives in the way that she's underrated she thrives in the way that her music is 
un, it's it's not conventional music in in any form but she she likes that and if anything she's more comfortable in that way uh, like she said in Gen- in the genius interview i wanted to wake people up a little bit i re- it's really fun to play with people's emotions um and again, she also talks about how if the song is pop, people will get it. Yeah. So she knows she knows people like to listen to music in that sense of that. Oh, it's pop music. Oh, it sounds super cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But this is her way of inserting her personality and different things that she deems super important to her, mm-hmm. and interlacing that with within her music, which is. She thrives in that environment of being underrated, but also very likable. Right. She's kind of like, I agree with you on that. Uh, she's kind of like speaking on understandable language to masses. Yes, you know? So exactly. people understand pop. They listen to pop. They tune in. So, you know what? I'm just going to explain this in your language. <laughs> there you go, yeah. <laughs> so you can be finally open to a conversation. Right. No, that's that's... I think again this song um it's really only one song within her album and we definitely urge everyone to listen to this album. Uh, yeah. even even us like covering a couple songs from Blackpink. You know, this one song from Rina Sawayama, mm-hmm. she has more than one album. So even though these songs are really good examples of what their music is and who they are as artists we really can't do like their music complete mm-hmm. justice without you know you you guys have to go listen to these albums um again listen closely to these albums listen closely <laughs> yeah um and so i think with that said this this was this was a great episode um to kind yeah. of look at look at music in that light look at music in a way where culture kind of breaks down some of these boundaries in the way that it's appropriated and the way that it's really praised and made you know found strength and just confidence in these artists that really they don't they don't bring that into their music they they know who they are they know what they stand for and the the mainstream picks up on that and they stand by what music they make so this yeah. this no this has been a really interesting topic at least yeah. even for me to do the research on it cuz it, it reminds me again that so many artists they thrive in the way that they're underrated and they thrive in the way that they're confident about their culture. This is the coolest thing I've ever heard in my life. Hey everybody, this is Dylan DeAndre from Listen Closely Podcast. Uh, I just want to say thank you on behalf of me and Mia for listening to our first episode of this this podcast that we're really just diving right into. Um, me and Mia both have so much to say about music, and we're really excited to bring you guys uh, more episodes just going deeper into what we hear today, um, whether that's on the radio occasionally or, of course, as we know, social media. So, again, you're listening to SFC Radio, and... Thank you for tuning in.